Welcome to my monthly The Expat Career and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Dominika and I am the founder of dmcoaching.eu, the place to be when you want to create a career you love and live the global lifestyle. Welcome to our monthly The Expat uh, Career and Lifestyle podcast. So today I have a pleasure to interview Katarina Brandao, the founder of Entrepreneurial Expat. She helps uh, expat women to build businesses which fit around their expat lifestyle. She's halfly English, half Portuguese, married to a Frenchman and currently living in Brazil. Uh, So hello and welcome Katarina. Please tell us more about yourself and and what are you doing? Hello, Dominica. Um, Well, first of all, thank you very much for this invitation. I'm really delighted to be here and to be able to share a bit of my story with you and and with your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, I am very happy to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise. Mm-hmm. So what, what I do, um, I'm a coach and I, I help women who are in the same spot that I was um, five years ago. So meaning women that um, moved abroad to follow their significant other, their husband, their partner, mm-hmm. and they had to give up their career and um, suddenly find themselves in a foreign country mm-hmm. where they have to start over from scratch. Um, and with this, there's this sort of huge sense um, of loss of identity mm-hmm. that goes with this when we don't work. You know, we give it up, we, we give up our jobs, and um, it's a big part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, to people who, from the outside, it might seem like, like fun, oh, you don't have to work, um, you're living a great lifestyle, but it actually can be extremely stressful. So that's who I work with, people who, who are who I, where I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So before you worked in the corporate world for about 14, 14 years, and then suddenly you moved with your, uh, with, uh, with your husband to, uh, to China. So how was it for you? So you spoke about loss of identity. So how was it for you to leave your job and career behind and move to a different country, a completely different culture and start everything uh, from, scr- uh, from the scratch. So what was your biggest, what was the biggest challenge for you? Well, it, it was, it was extremely, it was very scary. Um, and um, when he first told me about it, my first reaction was, what, China? <laughs> you know, are you joking? I'm not moving to China. Um, I, was, I was scared. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, we were living in Paris at the time, and um, that was in uh, 2010. And uh, even though I was, I was in the corporate world, I, I was in a career that didn't fulfill me. Um, I'd been wanting to change for a couple of years already. I, I knew I was meant to be doing something else, mm-hmm. but I, I just had no clue what. So I was, I was quite frustrated, um, stuck in a career I didn't really love um even though i was 
I was quite good at what I did. Um, but when when he told me we were moving to China or that he'd been offered this opportunity and the thought of me having to leave it all behind um, made me made me freeze completely um, because working in my career was a huge part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And um, it just felt like like I was jumping off a you know, cliff with no safety net. My um, the fact that I, I just the thought of not not being financially independent yeah. was a huge uh, thing to get my head around. It it was just seemed like this huge um, thing to overcome, and I had to work through it. It was it was really a, a deal breaker for me, and, mm-hmm. and so it it was not an easy decision to make. Um, and but sorry to answer your question, what was my biggest challenge? Uh, when we actually moved to China, the, uh, of course, I had loads of challenges, but mm-hmm. um, my, I would say that my biggest challenge was the communication barrier. I mean, more than the culture shock, everything, um, not understanding in the slightest at the beginning what was being said around me and not being able to communicate um, made even the you know the simplest task um huge you know it takes just going shopping and asking for and and seeing things that you can't even understand what's written because of course it's the chinese characters i mean just just going to the shops becomes uh a tremendous event you know and it it, of course, we've got funny stories, but it, it actually um, makes you feel quite inadequate, almost like a, a you know, an adult uh, in a in a place where you don't understand anything, and it makes you feel quite out of place. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the the communication barrier at first was my was my biggest challenge. Yes, yes, I, I see your, your point of view. It was more or less the same for me when I moved uh, first to Italy and then to uh, to Manchester, UK. Yeah, not not understanding mm. the language, not knowing how to communicate with uh, with people. So even yeah, as you said, even like doing shopping was was quite challenging at the beginning because you cannot communicate clearly yeah. what yeah what what you want so i imagine that in china it was completely completely different because yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> having having things fixed in your apartment you know making a phone call which you'll do in your in your own language you do in in two two minutes you know and you explain what you want mm-hmm. uh when you can't even you know communicate with the person who's on the other side of the phone to to get something, to call them up and ask, you need something fixed in your apartment, um, to book something, to book an appointment, um, becomes a huge, a huge thing when it's very simple. Yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, I think that's uh, for for all of us who who are living in a country where we are not, the language is not our native language. Um, I think the communication is a a huge first step and a huge first hurdle to to overcome yeah so what can you what can you advise to someone in the same situation a woman or an expat partner who is moving to a different country and wants to start a new career or or business and how can we overcome 
the anxiety or insecurity when we are in those kind of uh, of situation um well my my best advice i would say is is look at it as an opportunity mm-hmm. to really find out what you would love to do i mean that's how i got my head around it uh, instead of looking at all the you know the the fears you have um it it can be you can be doing lots of things it can be work it can be learning a new language it can be taking up a hobby you know mm-hmm. that you never have time to do uh it can be doing volunteer work uh, following a cause you're passionate about learning a new skill you know doing additional training or starting a new business like i ended up doing mm-hmm. um there are, there are endless possibilities so just really um see this is an opportunity and saying okay now i have the opportunity to do something that i really want um but uh if it is like starting a new career or starting a new business um then my advice would be to get really clear on what you want to get out of it mm-hmm. because um you need to give a lot of thought to things like do you want to do this just in the time during the time you'll be living in that country or do you want to take uh, you know your business with you when you move to the next country or when you move back home whatever your situation is um how much money do you want to earn mm-hmm. uh what kind of lifestyle do you want to have while you're living abroad that's a that's a big thing how are you going to juggle this new you know building a business and and enjoying the country you're in you know and and questions like these um you have to all all of these things that you have to think about are are quite hard to figure out when when you're on your own mm-hmm. um because even once even if you have the answers and of course you ha- you do know you have the answers to all these questions but then what you know when you're where where do you go next where do you go from there what are the next steps mm-hmm. doing this all on your own is uh you know you can you just have more and more questions in your mind and okay well now what okay i know that but but now what so my advice would be to find a support network you know you can join groups nowadays there are online groups so you can do search on google on facebook um or or offline groups you know groups that uh, exist in the local community uh and just just really find other people who are in the same boat who are going through the same thing uh and the same the same challenges that you are mm-hmm. um even if it's at a different stage because that's where you can help each other out and give each other support those are the people who are really going to understand and be able to you know it will be almost like your your office mm-hmm. you know your office uh, your colleagues um so that would be my best part of advice um mm-hmm. because back in when i finished i got my coaching certification i had my diploma in my hand i still i still then actually had to build a business and i'd never done that before yeah uh and i was thinking well now what you know i know how to coach but you know now what um so i actually had several things that got me over this that hurdle um the first thing was that i had my own coach i'd been mm-hmm. working with for all a year then um and i really don't think i would be where i am today without her um because she's sort of been with me through the whole journey of mm-hmm. when i started decided to train as a coach 
Um, so, so that would be my first thing that helped me. Um, the second thing I did was I, I actually stayed in, in touch with, um, with a few of, of the other coaches who had done the certificate, the training program with me. Um, because we were both, we, we were all in the same boat, you know, we, we were now coaches and now what? So we just stayed connected and would have like weekly catch up calls and egg each other on and brainstorm with each other. Um, so that was a huge support um, mm-hmm. that we, and we still, you know, with, um, with a couple of, of, uh, of them, I'm still, I'm still in touch today. And um, the third thing I did was I, I joined an online program um, to, to really nail the marketing side of the business, because that, um, of course, if you, you can do what you do, but if no one knows what you do, um, mm-hmm. Then, then what? So, so doing that really also helped me um, figure that out, and also get to know other other business owners. Um, and it was a whole new world that opened to me. You know, being connected virtually with people who were um, located in a different country, but we were all bonded by the same group. It was it was fantastic. And so those three things combined were were just really essential to me yeah yeah i think yeah that creating like a support support team or having a mentor or a coach someone who is guiding you who is helping you to to reach your Mm. career goals who's yeah who helps you to um to give you like like a clear vision is very important and sometimes sometimes people think that they, they they can do everything alone on their own but asking for help or working with with someone else, it's I think it's a huge step to, mm. to your personal or professional uh, professional success. Even if you are starting a business, because this was also more or less the same situation for me. I did my certification mm. um, in coaching, and then I was very ent- enthusiastic about starting a, a business, but I didn't know how to market myself, how to develop a network. So it was everything like step by step getting yeah, yeah getting Definitely. a coach a mentor yes. and uh, and marketing and um, so so what what prompted you to starting entrepreneur, entrepreneurial expat um, business because you were working in 9 to 5 job um, as exec, executive recruitment in shanghai so what was the turning turning point uh, in your career and when did you decide that this is a time uh, time for change, time mm, to do something um, for your own. Yeah, okay. Um, I wasn't actually working nine to five. Um, in So I was working mm-hmm. in executive recruitment in Shanghai, but I was in a situation, I was working part time. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that was actually when I realized that I, that I loved the freedom this gave me and thought, oh, I don't need to, <laughs> to work, you know, the whole day I can I work by project so in um, in the executive recruitment I was doing I I had like a project to to um and I just had to to do fill in that um that project so Mm -hmm. I could do it in my own time and I was I was almost like you know in charge of my own time and then build accordingly um to the time I worked so I love the freedom that that gave me. And um, 
well, back then, although I loved the work I did, I remember I still felt very unsettled, um, mm-hmm. like like something wasn't quite right, and I just couldn't pinpoint it. I was thinking, well, I love this work, you know, but just something felt out of sync. And so I started having these doubts that maybe I wasn't on the right career path yet, and um, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, you know, I would discuss with my husband, with, with Nicholas, about uh, the things I was going through, but he was too close to me, you know, it wasn't an objective perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, the more I struggled, and I just knew I had to, to find a way out, um, I'd heard about all this, you know, coaching, and I thought it was a bit of a hype. Mm-hmm. But at one point, I, I, I remember in December uh, 2011, so I'd been working for a year and a half really on this um I became quite desperate and I so I did a I made a decision that I I wanted to hire a coach I wanted um I felt I needed um an outside perspective but an objective um perspective of someone who could really understand what what I was going through and um I did quite a lot of research to to find this person because it was very clear in my mind the kind of of coach I wanted. So I wanted someone um, who had a a Western background to understand the culture gap I was going Mm -hmm. through living in Asia. But I wanted someone um, who was living in Asia too, you know, so they could understand what it was like. Um, so I remember I was very precise about that. And I, I Googled a lot. And um, Google is wonderful, because I ended up um, uh, contacting. So I had a little list and I contacted um, uh, one of the coach who got uh, coaches I found and um, who was from the UK, but lived in, mm-hmm. in Asia. And um, yeah, well, that was it. So uh, we we then I decided to 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 start working with her and then funnily enough you know life uh, happened uh, after I think it was four sessions um, a situation arose with my boss at the time and um, we ended up just uh, parting ways so my bo- my boss at the executive recruitment agency I was working um, it was his it was his business. Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided to to part ways, and and what I felt was a huge sense of relief, and so that was my answer because in fe- instead of feeling like disappointed or anything, I just felt very relieved. So that was when I knew I should be probably doing something else, and I shouldn't have been doing. Um, it, it wasn't the right thing for me, and that was my turning point. Mm-hmm. So what is the big the biggest why behind your business? The biggest why? Um, so why I started it? Um, well, I've always been um, passionate about personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all the training courses that I, that I, that I attended when I was um, in the corporate world. Um, and everything that had to do with personal development and that helped me grow as a person and learn more about myself, um, I absolutely, you know, love them. And I've always also read a lot of books around that um, topic, uh, mm-hmm. anything I can get my hands on, really. And uh, 
when I was when I was working for a big uh, multinational corporation, I I remember my boss at the time said to me that um, I was an excellent coach. So I didn't really understand what he meant by that, but um, it ends up that I was actually coaching my team mm-hmm. without knowing that I was doing it because what I did was I just really enjoyed helping them develop and think about what they wanted to do next in terms of their career move, uh, internal career move. Um, I like to sort of get together with them and help um, highlight their strengths, help them prepare for their job interviews, Mm -hmm. internal job interviews. Um, As I knew them and I knew their strengths, I, I, I used to point out what they needed to work on and what they absolutely needed to put across in the interview and uh, it, it really wasn't something that was part of my job description but it was just something I did you know naturally without thinking yeah. and help help them prepare so I've always loved helping people and bringing out the best in people and feeling that I'm making a, a difference um, and uh, I think I think we're all different and unique and and uh, being able to find out what makes people tick I'm, I'm someone who's very interested in people uh and just just finding out and, and making and helping them use that in their lives just makes me feel very fulfilled and 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 as if i'm i'm on purpose mm-hmm. and you know then that just makes just fulfills me so i think that's the whole reason behind doing yeah, what i do, I do. Right. so so how 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 can you help someone to find a business idea? So where to look for the business idea? Is this something connected with our background or something that we li- like doing? Like you, you were always connected to personal development. Is this something with, uh, connected with our skills, strengths? So mm. where to look for, for um, a business idea? Yeah, I, I think that to be successful, to be really successful, you have to love what you do because Running your own business, it's tough. It's not easy. You know, you have to get up every morning and do it. And and you have to be motivated. You're the one that has to motivate it. So, you know, you need to to be doing something that you're passionate about, that, mm-hmm. you're, that you love, um, to keep you going. Um, so, so, yes, to me, it definitely has to be related to your values in some way. Um, and, you know, as a coach, you'll know what I mean by values, but... It has to be linked to, to strengths, um, to what you're good at. To It can be things that um, are maybe hidden strengths, th- things that come so naturally to you that you don't even see them as strengths. Mm. But uh, definitely linked to, to, yes, to your values, to your strengths. Yeah, I think yeah, the most important point is, yeah, it's something that comes nat- naturally to you. That's something that you enjoy, enjoy doing. That you mm. have a passion, yeah, and of course connected with uh, with your values, and also with the lifestyle. We spoke about the lifestyle at the beginning, so creating your lifestyle also abroad. Mm. Yeah, so yes. I think this is also connected with um, with the business uh, business idea. So you are working with expat women who want to create a business around their lifestyle. So what are the challenges of a woman who, um, who wants to start a business abroad? And what is your, your strategy to overcome those challenges? Mm, the, um, the, 
the challenge, I think the biggest challenge is knowing where to start, um, you know, finding out what it is you want to do that in most yeah. cases, people don't really know. Um, so, so thinking about what, what do you want to get out of the business? I, in terms of, of strategy, I think, uh, the, the main thing is that what I do with my clients is I help them get clarity. I really dig into their expectations, asking them, you know, difficult questions, but to mm -hmm. really hit the nail on the head and, and be realistic, um, challenge them to think about what it is they want to get out of the business. Um, because we, you know, most people tend to want too much too soon, you know, now quickly results. Mm -hmm. And so, if you set um, expectations which are too high for yourself, um, then you're not going to be realistic and, and you'll just end up feeling frustrated and guilty. And it, it really doesn't have to be that way. So just really setting the right goals from the start that will be aligned with the lifestyle that you, that you have and that you want is key. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah, being being mm -hmm. being realistic with your expectations, knowing what it is that you want to get out of your business. And as an expat, you've got a lot of distractions. You know, you've got the whole social side of being yeah. an expat of living in a country. You've got the challenges we spoke about earlier about if you if you don't speak the language, you know, that's going to make everything more difficult. So so really just scale down and be realistic. Or else you're probably going to be setting yourself up for a lot of um, frustration when you're not hitting what you know what you think you should be doing, your goals. Yeah, because without knowing the language, the local language, it's quite it's it's challenging to develop your network, your business network in the in the foreign country because you don't know where to go. You can still mm. jo join, I think, like English speaking groups, uh, business groups. Or like expat group, but but if you are, if you if you don't speak the local language and if you want to develop your network uh, with the locals, so it's, yeah, it can be it can be very challenging yeah. at the beginning, yeah. As we and the time the time you're spending, um, because if you don't speak the language, even as we were talking about earlier, your your everyday tasks, things that you do, you know, that you need to get done for your home, you know, your house out of your business hours are going to take probably longer. Mm -hmm. So then you're yeah. obviously your working hours are probably less, you know, than they would be. So just factor in all that and be realistic yeah. about how, how long you have in the day to work. Yeah, exactly. And it can, it can be also challenging to, uh, to trans transform from employee mindset to entrepreneurial mindset so mm. how this transition was for you because you were yes you were still working in a part-time job so it was still like a job 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 and then setting up uh, your business it's quite different so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well it was a it was a real eye-opener mm -hmm. um it it made me realize uh, very quickly that that my job wasn't just going to be, you know, to coach. Okay, I, I'm a coach. I know how to coach, but it's not. That's not what I'm going to do. That's not the only thing I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to do, you know, all the aspects of running a business: the marketing, the 
the finance, the admin, the sales, the strategy, you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the beginning, it was like having this enormous black blank canvas and thinking, now what? Where do I go from from here? Um, but I would say that luckily my 14 years experience in the corporate world um, plus uh, my degree in business management um, meant that all these concepts of uh, finance and ma- marketing side of, of things weren't alien to mm-hmm. me. You know, I, 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 can, I knew how to do a budget almost with my eyes closed. You know, spreadsheets are just something I, I, I can do. I know all the terms of marketing and business terms. Um, it's, my, it's my background. So once again, even though it took me all these years to, to, to love what I actually do for a living, mm-hmm. my, it, it's, it's funny because it's my, my studies and my professional experience have helped me enormously. And if I hadn't had to go through all that, it, I probably would have been very lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then, you know, when you're running your own business, uh, you can't wear all hats at the same time, you know, I'm very aware of that. And so I do outsource certain aspects of my business to people who are experts in, in experts, experts mm-hmm. in, in those fields. You know, for instance, my, my website design, I, I don't, you know, I, I explain what I want and what I want to get out of my website, but the person who actually does it, I, mean, I hire her to do it. I, I don't get involved with that. Um, I have a, a virtual assistant to deal with all the admin side of things. I, I have an accountant um, because these things are not my core business. I can't do everything. Then they aren't my area of expe- expertise. And so I just delegate them to experts, and which frees me the time that I don't have to spend on that to, to focus on, on the things that actually need me to do it, uh, to do them. So, um, it, it's, it's, you have to get your head around that. You can't wear all the hats at the same time. And so what I do is I just really focus on what needs on the part of the business that needs me in it and delegate the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes we, we tend to do everything, even with our if we don't know how to do a website or how to yeah, how to fill in the tax return. So we, we try to do everything on our yeah. own. Yeah. And, and some of the things, if you like learning, it's interesting. It's, oh, this works like that, but you could spend hours on it. And then the hours you're yeah. spending on trying to understand that, you know, is I really make a, a conscious decision. Is is this something that's going to to bring me in money? Because at the end of the day, I'm running a business and uh, I can't waste my time on things that I don't master. Just get, leave that to the experts. That's my, that's my motto. Yeah, exactly. So, so what are the characteristics of expat women with uh, entrepreneurial mindset? What are the, um, that's a tricky one because I'm sure there are a lot of expat women Mm-hmm. who would be wonderful entrepreneurs, uh, you know, business mm-hmm. owners, but have just never thought about it or or who don't see it as a possibility. So they do something else instead. 
that doesn't really mean that they wouldn't be good at running a business. They just don't get to that step per se. Um, so I'd say that women who actually do it are probably more risk takers, uh, go getters, um, women who need a, a sense of self achievement mm -hmm. and accomplishment uh, through creating things, something themselves. And that's sort of a, a very big driver to them, you know, this sense of accomplishment of it's something that I have done. Um, at the same time, I would say there's, there's a side of, there's a sense of being in control of, uh, of contributing financially and the sense of being independent, which is vital to, to people who actually do do make that jump and are entrepreneurs so uh to, to be more entrepreneurial you were asking what what needs to happen i mm -hmm. i mean what i've learned is you have to let go of, of wanting it all to be perfect mm. um you've got to just get out get it out there whatever you whatever you you are doing you know what you're selling whatever you are offering as your business you, you just need to, to get it out there and, and then learn as you go because your business will will grow with you and it's, it, it's going to change as you change and it's going to evolve as you evolve as a person, as, you know, as your circumstances around you. So you have to let go of your fear of failure and, and rather look at your mistakes or the mistakes you will make as lessons. Yeah. Learning um, point. yeah. Yeah, learning points. But but in terms of what you were asking, the mindset, and uh, I'd, I'd say that, that most of the expat women I've met who, who, who do run their own businesses, I'd say they fall into one of three categories. So there's the, there are the people that have turned a hobby into a business. Um, and with with that, then these people really don't have a lot of mm -hmm. real structure or plan around the business. They've just started to do it. And, and it sometimes is quite popular and then grows too fast for them to keep up and, and be able to handle it in the right way. So, you know, um, then, then that's, that's one kind of, of uh, business owners I've met um, abroad. Another type of people is, is are the ones that um, see see a missed opportunity, a gap in the market. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, if if uh, something they 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 used to and they really enjoy and like in their home country, but that is is missing in the country they are living in, and and they just go in there and fill that gap. So uh, there is a market need that they cater and uh, for. So I remember in, in, in Shanghai, the, there was this um, woman who had started baking, this American woman who had started uh, baking uh, cinnamon rolls. Mm -hmm. And they just got really popular. And so she started baking them for her friends. And uh, they just got so, so much demand that her, her and her husband actually started a business uh, out of it. And today they even have a, a local shop. She used to do it out of her kitchen and then it got so popular because it's something mm -hmm. that you can't find in 
bakeries don't even exist in in Shanghai, you know, locally one um, that which which offer that. So that was that was one thing. And the, there was another woman who who wanted a uh, she she has an afro, and there was no um, hairdresser salon in 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 Shanghai that uh, that could you know tackle or know how to what to use, what products to use on an afro. Um, so she just ended up opening her own salon, her own hair salon. And you know the I could go on and on, but there mm-hmm. are it's things that don't exist, and then someone comes in and, and fills a gap. Um, and then there's uh, there are also the people that take take something local, like a local ingredient or something, and, and just give it a twist that appeals to the expat community. So it can be a piece of furniture, it can be combining um, some kind of local ingredient, a spice, and into a recipe from something that you know from your from your country. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's another that's another type of businesses that I've seen a lot abroad so I don't know if I've answered your question but um, I've sort of got sidetracked yeah 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 because we spoke about the characteristic and also seeing like seeing business as your career opportunity because not everyone can spot this this kind of possibility as a career Mm. development so this is also important and also yeah turning hobby and into a business and the examples of uh, of looking for a gap in the market so yeah, so there are many ideas to start yeah to start a business. Uh, I think yes. yeah. So you have uh, you have recently moved from China to Brazil. So how this affected the way you run or you do your business? Um, well, my my business evolved um, as I just mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Your business our businesses change with changes that happen to you, and so. Um, we, you know, you can't have it all perfectly figured out before you start. And moving to Brazil was not in the plan, in my plan. Um, so when we heard we would be moving to Brazil, I felt like it, I was going to take a huge step backwards because I'd started my my business, um, and and it always takes quite a lot of time and effort in the beginning. So I built quite a good network locally and um, realized I was going to have to start over in Brazil and I ended up actually rethinking my business model completely and I created a whole new business this this brand entrepreneurial expat was a brand that was born once I heard um, that I was moving to Brazil um, so I got a, uh, I rebranded, I got a new website, a new logo, I defined a new market niche, um, and I decided really to develop and, and focus on the un- online side of the way I work, mm-hmm. because I realized that was, um, was once again going to have to be the way to work with this lifestyle of moving around every couple of years. So it's like, it's like a whole new business had to be born, but this time it happened much faster and more smoothly and with a, with a lot less struggle for me because I'd learned from my previous experience. So with what I had spent too much time on, what, with what I'd done wrong, what I'd done right, and I used that. So just for instance, the website bit was, I, I, I procrastinated way less. I was just very efficient with the second, what, second time around. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so you are creating your business around your lifestyle, around your yes. Dubai lifestyle. Yeah, so. and I, and it changed. It wasn't something I I had foreseen really at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the business is growing. It's like your child. Yes. I think yeah, it's yes, growing. It, yeah. <laughs> it's growing with yeah with uh, with you. So we spoke about challenges of a woman who is starting a business. Uh, so, what can you advise to a, woman, to a woman who is already in business and wants to move the business to the next level? So, for example, you spoke uh, about rebranding and changing your market niche. So, what can you advise to someone um, who wants to move the business to the next level? I think the 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 main thing is to have a business vision. You know, to have to get very clear about. What is it that you, why are you going to do this business? But get very clear and specific about goals and then break them down and track them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and as I mentioned before, delegate. Delegation, I think, is the first difficult decision you have to make as a business owner because it's, it feels like you're letting go of your baby. You know, as you were saying, you're, it's like, you're, like a baby and it's something you've created. So you think, you know, you want to be in doing involved in every aspect, but if you want to really grow your business and take it to the next level, as, as you mentioned it, you know, delegation is key. Mm-hmm. You just can't do everything. So you have to really work on your business and not in it, you know, not, not be involved in all the aspects, but really on what you want, what needs you. So work on your business, not in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is also very difficult to delegate, yeah, to give something yeah, to, to other people. Yeah. Maybe, like, for example, for me with the website, because I, am, I like, like technology and this kind of stuff, but uh, I delegated the part of the website to, to a person who is more... Uh, more expert expert in this um, uh, in this aspect. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes it can be difficult, like to delegate, and also it's perfection because if you do if mm. you do something on your own, so you are sure that this is some that this 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 piece of work will be perfect. If you are delegating, so then you you tend to to control. I don't know to check with uh, yes. people yeah yeah so it can but, be yeah but it's very important to delegate letting go because when they're experts they can probably actually do it better than you yeah. can much yeah. much faster so you know it's a, the, the the thing around delegation is you also think at the beginning uh probably oh i can't afford it i can do it better myself and you know i can't afford to, to pay someone to do yeah. it but the time you are going to spend doing that and uh, in, in to understanding and doing something that you know you don't master is probably going to be much more expensive than just letting an expert do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is the best way for you to promote your business uh, in a different uh, in a different country? Um, find out where your ideal customer is. You know, the people you really want to would love to work with and and get in front of them so mm-hmm. you know think of things like what groups do they belong to what what are the things they read where do they spend their time and then find a way to get your your message in front of them um and another thing is is tell everybody that you know what you do because even if they might not be potential clients you know you know we tend to say oh 
why am I going to tell them? You know, they're not interested in that. But they might not be, but they may know people who are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be very specific in the way you explain things because people can't guess what you do or, you know, you need to explain it in a simple way. Because mm-hmm. if you can't explain what you do to someone in a simple way, then you can't expect them to be able to explain to others what you do because, you know, if they don't understand. So, and those other people that they could tell, um, could tell other people what you did um, might be interested and might be your ideal customers. But if they never get to know what you do, then, you know, uh, what you have to offer, then they then there's a, it's a missed opportunity. So explain very simply what you mm-hmm. do, because for instance, you're a coach, I'm a coach, we know what a coach is, but there are a lot of people that don't. So get, so get more specific mm-hmm. about what it is you do. Yeah, being specific, yeah, and simplicity. Simple, yes. Yeah. Uh, so what are your projects for the future? Um, well, for entrepreneurial expats projects, um, I, I really want entrepreneurial expat to be a community to be somewhere which um, connects women business owners who are around the world Mm -hmm. wherever they may be you know and that they are supporting and helping each other out and you know even maybe even doing business together you know someone might need a website designer and there might be someone in the community who is one so you know why not give them business Um, and so it's really about Entrepreneurial Expat is going to be about being a one-stop hub with uh, resources and online programs and products to fit the needs of of both women who haven't started yet, you know, mm-hmm. who haven't become entrepreneurs or haven't uh, started on this business owner journey, and and both those people and, and the ones who have but just need an extra oomph to get to get to the next stage in their business mm-hmm. and where where can we find more information about uh, about you um well i'm on on several social media platforms facebook and twitter and linkedin but i would say probably the best point to go is just to my website which is www.entrepreneurial hyphen expat.com okay yeah so it was yeah the contact and then the contact page and that will get to me great katarina it was it was a pleasure to to have you here thank you very much for sharing your experience uh, for sharing your your knowledge and uh, and all the all the advices and steps uh, it was it was a great pleasure. So I wish you all the best for your for your future projects, for your business, and for creating for creating uh, this community. But because this is something that uh, that that we need in the expat in the expat world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dominica. And likewise, I wish you all the success as well. So thank you very much for having me and for inviting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I hope to to have you here again. Okay, (laughs) why not? (laughs)